If you don't consent, we can hear you. you. We can hear you. You can't hear me or you cannot hear me. <laughs> I'm confused. Just type it in the chat. Type it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the We Need to Talk Club. This week we are battling censorship, cancel culture, and societal approval. So welcome all panelists. I am Tamaya, one of your hosts tonight. We also have Ariana, Talisa, and James. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. So um, for anyone who is watching, you can definitely use the question and answer. If you have something you want to say and want us to mention, the chat will not be available for everyone. All right, so let's get started here. So first question, everybody, what do what comes to mind when you think of censorship? Who would like to go first? Lisa, go for it. <laughs> I was formulating my answer, but you know, I'm just going to get into it. I 
trying to think of uh wait before you even go there we don't necessarily have anyone on here just yet so i did want to ask you all what you're drinking maybe that'll help loosen up your minds because i got a swallow of wine and then as backup i have some moonshine margarita so wish me luck tonight so all that was left in the house probably for good reason so good luck to me (laughs) what about you ariana what you drinking 19 crimes i guess it's wine (laughs) bad decisions in a bottle okay yeah because um i'm already halfway through the box oh all right well (laughs) look to the rest of us here lisa what about you child um i do not have libations but i do something i don't indulge in uh on a regular basis something that would put hair on your chest which i don't want but every once in a while i need a little tickle in my throat you know what um pepsi and then water to chase it down because it'd be hitting right here right here water to chase the pepsi down (laughs) it'd be right there (laughs) okay james (laughs) I I was drinking some Crystal Light, nothing special. That's right. Oh, okay. Man. Like strawberry, uh, lemonade. Okay. It was the, the the watermelon strawberry. Ooh, maybe oh, ignorant. Is that the thing that flavors the water? Yes. Mm, okay. Oh, well, I got oh, water. That was too. judgment. That was, it was judgment. <laughs> I'm doing it for my health. Thank you very much. I also have water. Yeah, we might need to switch the water tonight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right at this point no maybe we the ones need to at least drink for everybody good gosh oh well no problem <laughs> well i hope that gave y'all enough time to think of the answer to your question as this is being recorded i was not thinking oh. if i was answering the first <laughs> <laughs> how am i supposed to think about the other question answering another question but anyway, oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh. lisa what does this shit mean to you and then you're gonna come right back to me absolutely okay. <laughs> all right so the first thing I think about is uh, um, movies. Uh, that's the literally censorship movies, TV shows. Uh, that little uh, disclaimer before a TV show or a movie or um, you know something that's violent or crazy. Uh, that's what I think about when I think about censorship. Necessary, like that part of it. Like, hey, we about to go and do X, Y, Z. This is what it is. Make your decision. <laughs> Decide now. Fair enough. What about you, Ariana? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of censorship? Um, I think of things that someone has decided is taboo, and I'm not supposed to hear it. I'm not supposed to see it. Um, yeah, like I'm supposed to look upon it like it's it's not normal. So they're they're letting me know or it's being censored because I'm not supposed to see it or hear it or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And what about you, James? What is your first thought when you think about censorship? Um, for me, I guess because I'm in the music business, it's the parental advisory sticker <laughs> that is on everybody's songs or everybody's albums. Um, I actually just did a little a, a report for company that I'm working with about like the oversexuality of you know lyrics and songs and stuff like that and how the parental advisory sticker kind of doesn't have the same power that it used to. Mm. 
because um, we still listen to those songs and they get airplay anyway. So, right. yeah. Yes, they do. I wonder, like, back in the day when, like, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, Barry White, all those songs, like, um, what was his song? I, uh, my mother and Turn off the lights. Play it. Turn off the lights. The light. No, not even that one. It's the Barry White. Um, uh, uh, crap. Uh, I don't know, but I got his voice. Most of his songs. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to look it up because once you hear it, once I hear it, I just flash back to a uh, not a good memory. Um, oh, no. But I wonder, but, but some of them were like me hidden messages, right? Yes. yes, and that's what I'm saying. Were the stickers on those albums? Because it's not like they now. No. It's like slap it with a dick, slap it with a dick. And <laughs> so, so when I did my report, <laughs> when I did my report, they actually started the campaign to start censoring music in 1985, but the sticker itself didn't come into play until 1996. Mm. So prior to that, I'm on history. There was no that's advisory cool. at all. That's crazy. Like, and you know. Yeah. I think who did it was Uncle Luke. It had to be Uncle Luke. It definitely was. Well, Uncle Luke was the first one to get it. Yes. Okay. I remember watching that on VH1 or something. Yeah. He was the first one to get it. The Barry White song is um, Practice What You Preach. Yes. Preach. Uh, you tell them where that song originated from in your mind? I don't want to know. I don't, nobody wants you mean to you know. don't want to share? Okay. I don't want to share. I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want none of it. Just leave me alone. But it's like a lot of those songs, like we grew up on those songs, or our parents grew up on those songs. Like we grew up listening to them with our parents and our aunts and our uncles. And when they were talking about waterfalls and things like oh. that, like you didn't, you thought waterfalls. Oh. Meanwhile, oh. it's really talking about like I'm about to net on you, like, oh. or let, you know what I'm saying, or <laughs> let me see your waterfall. You're like, oh yeah, go go chase a waterfall, whatever. But that's like, interesting. Whatever. That's interesting. So basically, you're saying it didn't take. It took a while before they actually slapped on the parental advisory sticker, right? So that yes. means all those songs with those very under the cuff lyrics were basically because of an assumption about society and and. Uh, kind of like the comfort level of where society was that if you put something out too risque, this wasn't going to go as far. Right. So that was even without the actual le- like um, legislation or or federal like control. That's right. interesting because that's no, also society the can't be controlled at this point like that. You try yeah. it now and everyone's fighting all of it. But I also think it has to go hand in hand with the societal norms during that time because it wasn't like men were going up and just saying like you know straightforward like what they want or sliding into dms with exactly what they want they had to go the beat around the bush way because that's the only way that was acceptable in society like right but then there's a discussion right and sorry if we just getting stuck on music here but why not then there's the discussion of a lot of the times when you go further back in music they didn't give a flow like the mobs, uh, I don't say um, Mabley because she's not necessarily a musician, but she had the everything recorded. But mm-hmm. um, she's one of them. Yeah, Bessie. Um, yes. And then of Bessie course Smith. I just saw my Rainey. Right. My Rainey. And a lot yes. of their damn lyrics: suck my cock and lick my twit. Did it? Did it? And he be like, "This <laughs> <laughs> is the twenties, and they was sitting there like, yeah. sit down on it, daddy, do it now." <laughs> like mm-hmm. they hit it in jazz, and it's right. like. And it's like almost comical hearing mm-hmm. that because you could hear the age in the music. Yeah. Right? Like they were saying that. Yeah. Passing that around. So it's wild. And from there, you know, with all this freedom, you know, they got famous off this type of music. Somehow developed without actual 
federal legislation, anything slapping anything on it, develop until oh, let's get a little sneakier with it. Well, the the thing about it is they did get famous, but not really famous. They were actually more infamous because mm. a lot of those songs were only being played in the home. Mm. Okay. At specific clubs or speakeasies mm. or certain circuits. So it wasn't like they were getting played on the radio. Those songs were like right. almost like old Richard Pryor albums that you could I was about to say just like Richard Pryor when mm-hmm. everybody said they had to sneak it on and listen to it in their room. Exactly. Okay. So like they they got notarized because it was a secret and not because they were getting widespread. It, it really wasn't widespread until after they had already died and passed. Like nobody really knew about that stuff. It was almost like an unspoken thing that people you know talked about amongst themselves. But now, you know, it's funny because you bring that <laughs> the up, word like, about this stuff and how that yeah. tra- it's like liquor and cigarettes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's illegal, yeah. but everybody want to do it now. Yeah. And like, like, like Lisa was saying, like everything was beat around the bush. So like mm-hmm. in those olden times, you couldn't just walk up to anybody and just start spitting game. You had to like be really creative with your words. So a lot of the songs, it didn't sound like they were being sexual, but if you go back and look at the history of the lyrics, oh, they were talking some shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They were saying some really risque things that we would look at like that's light, you know. Mm-hmm. But back then, oh my god, like right. Yeah. We just thinking about like, like what's the movie Ray when like he started. That was in my report. Yeah, <laughs> when he started like changing the gospel songs and stuff. Then we're all like, oh, yeah. I was watching that movie like that ain't that bad. But everybody was like, you can't do that. Yeah, I'm like, oh. That's that bad. In, in the report, I, I mentioned that the top 10 greatest songs of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine, only two of the 10 were actually about sex and the lyrics weren't even sexual. Mm. But they were like controversial for that time. So Ray Charles had a song called What I Say, and it was just a vamp off of another song that he did. Mm-hmm. But in the lyrics of that song, he said something about, you know, girl, I want you to come and, and, and dance with me all night long. That was considered overtly sexual back then. <laughs> like, and we were like, well, that's nothing. We say dance all the time, but now we just say fuck. <laughs> right. Now like, it's just all like, yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, does censorship ultimately harm or help society? What are you guys' opinion? Ooh. Okay, I'll go first. I I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted everybody else to go first because I have an answer, but I wanted y'all to go first. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, it's it's tough for me because if you think about um, censorship in a way, I would you would, I would immediately like my mind immediately goes to it harms society, right? Because then it's hiding all the truth of like the world and uh, just think of like a Bridgerton, for example. I don't know why it's popping up in my head, but in the Bridgerton show, there's a girl in there absolutely has no idea what sex is, what it's about. She has been properly censored her, her entire life till she gets to the, the bedroom with her husband and is like confused as to what to do. It's embarrassing <laughs> mm-hmm. as how confused she is about what's going on and everything like that. That's a, and that can go, we can go with that, t- that way, a long way. Um, just with people now, women in the church. Um, however, with, with, certain censorship I feel like it just hides all the reality of things and it makes things so taboo that people want to be exposed to it more all the stuff that censorship tries to hide and tuck away it kind of feeds and breeds underworld of what is that what does it do let me try it let me let me shoot it let me do all this kind of stuff because it's all fascinating and new then on the other hand I could see it helping society because it does guide people like for example my mother 
for example, she grew up um, at a time with like Partridge Family and all that kind of stuff, like those type of shows, Brady Bunch. Um, and these kinds of shows raised her when the people weren't around to raise her. So she learned a lot of her morality through these types of shows. And when I think of censorship, I immediately think of shows and stuff back in the day that were very, gee whiz, dad, you know, kind of stuff. Um, two beds in the mother and dad's room kind of thing like that. And if it's raising people to have a certain moral compass, whereas do you want your child necessarily to be raised off a of teenage mom, then it's like, hmm, does it help? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or does it harm? But if you, if you live in a shell, like unless you live in a shell and you can completely control the people you meet, the type of interactions you'll have, like you really can't control these things and therefore you need to be prepared for anything. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was always curious because there were things that were happening or things people were saying and I couldn't understand it or I couldn't comprehend it at the time. So you start to dig deep and then you find out all of these different things that you were sheltered from. And it's like, you don't really know how to handle or interact in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important to let people uh, know everything that's happening. I think knowledge is power and then teach them how to interact in those situations or how to respond in those situations. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that is important. So for me, censorship is more harmful because that's when you get those situations where, uh, you know, these kids are like meeting strangers online and it's like, well, why are they doing that? Well, you never told them that these are the type of situations that could happen. These are the type of people that are out there. This is what this guy possibly wants from you. You're not telling them, they don't know. So censorship to me is more harmful. Okay, okay. James or Lisa, any uh, input? I was going to say two things. One that might get me shut down off the internet if the powers <laughs> that be are listening. So I don't want to say that one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a safe space here this is a safe space okay where we can all discuss these things so so minus two part and they're both on the side of censorship is harmful um one i think censorship is just another thing that makes america trash compared to other countries if you go to europe go to all these different other countries that have actual cultures and actual civilization that's had histories and eons of civilization you have to remember we're a young country so the things that we think are right or wrong are new compared to other civilizations that have been around for thousands of years and that's why you don't see like mass rape and mass you know shootings in certain other countries because they've already had the conversation about what life should be like and they haven't hid anything from each other or they have a set of rules that's not so archaic or restrictive like ours are it's almost like censorship in America was, oh, we're afraid that we're going to be less than. So let's block everything from everyone. Where if you go to Europe, a breast is just a breast. It's not taboo to see it. You know, a dick is just a dick. It's not taboo to see it. And they'll show it on TV or they'll show it in movies. And it's not this, oh, my God, like, what are we watching? You know, where in America, it's like, oh, we've got to blur everything out. Uh, he has to wear a sock when he's doing the scene. You know, also the kind of stuff where it's like, this is our, these are our bodies. This is natural for us. And why are we afraid of seeing it? Which brings me to my second point, which is all of this is Adam and Eve's fault. <laughs> because well, Adam and Eve? Did yes. you say Adam and Eve? Oh, Lord. The shame. <laughs> and it's real simple to me because 
you know, not even about the whole who ate the fruit and all that kind of stuff, but it was about the part where they sinned and then, you know, God went looking for them and they covered themselves up. And his first question was, who told you you were naked? Mm. And I think to myself, like, if they had never felt shame for themselves and assumed that God wouldn't want to see them naked, that could have, you know, killed a whole bunch of future problems. We wouldn't have people having body images. We wouldn't have people over-sexualizing things. We wouldn't have people hiding things or censoring things. You wouldn't have, you know, probably pedophilia. We wouldn't have, you know, rape. We wouldn't have all these different things simply because we assumed what God wanted and not actually did what he told us to do. <laughs> so it's Adam's fault. Okay. Okay. So it's Adam's okay. fault. I Lisa, you got something to say? I blame, I blame a lot on Eve. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Adam and Eve. They did it together. Well, she she did. Did. Do, do, yes, because he, yes. She was wrong, but he allowed it. Indeed. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I'm one to not believe that not talking about something erases it or makes people not want to do something. So not talking about something is not going to uh, limit the chances of them doing something terrible, bad, not good for them, yada, yada, yada. So in the sense of that, I believe censorship um, should be limited, but I also don't want to see a world where everything is okay. Mm. Because like, even like, I don't know, like, there, there is a legit group of people that think that people, pedophiles, that choice is a sexual preference. I don't want them controlling not a single solitary thing. The things that are just outright- I know it's starting to get scary, right? How certain, I'm just gonna put this in and you can continue, but I've mm -hmm. noticed that like the more things we all are like, you know what, whoever said that's wrong, that's it's okay. Cool. Like more people are trying to get into the fold like, hey. hey. Hey, you know what else should be okay? Hey. Wrong <laughs> things with children. Like, what the fuck? No, get out, get out of the room. Like, who invited you here? You That's don't even go think. here. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. It's um, okay, sorry. it's okay. It's a slippery slope because in my head, I understand uh, that we shouldn't censor some of the things that are natural, some of the things that are real, something that people are going to encounter. Those things, no, don't censor that. Whether you like it or not, they're going to be exposed. The terrible things heck yeah censor that i don't want to see certain things like or not even i don't want to see certain well i don't want to see evil things i don't want to see downright wrong things and i think um innate wise we all know what's just wrong um but i lost my train of thought hold on so because then that goes into the slippery slope of common sense ain't so common and in, indeed indeed because if you um, grew up in a household with pedophilia or murder i'm thinking about texas chainsaw massacre still gets oh my god but anyway when those things are the norm then who's to say that this is wrong and mm -hmm. then there's the ultimate question most of us are saying here um you know censorship is harmful in a way you know in a lot of countries it's better but then the ultimate question of censorship one of the first things i think about is what about the kids so what about the little people the kids do, do we now start taking away the censorship in their cartoons or this that and the third like is there a level there should there still be a line there when we talk about children and what this this is this is my thing with children mm -hmm. parent your children as an artist, it is not my responsibility to parent your child. As an actor or whatever, it's not my responsibility to raise your kid. And the one thing that I'm very grateful for with my parents is they had conversations with me mm -hmm. about the things that I might have seen or been exposed to. Um, 
And then they let me know that I had a choice on how I could feel about it instead of, you know, just ripping something away from me. I remember when I was in, um, I forget what grade I was in. It was this movie called um, The Devil's Advocate with Tom Cruise. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that. And, and Al Pacino. All I know is it was a wonderful movie, but at the time that I watched it, I was way too young to like grasp the scariness of it. Mm. Um, and my parents had brought the, the DVD home and they said, don't watch this without us. My fast ass watched it. And it scared the crap out of me. So they come home and I'm sitting in the living room just rocking back and forth. Like a <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, did you watch the movie? And I'm like, yes, I watched the movie. And they said, okay, now let's talk about the movie. You know, and it, it, it like this was a setup to begin with. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't, but it was just the fact that it was like, you know, let's not shield him from this, but let's explain it to him so he understands it. I think the problem is that most parents either just don't want to, or they don't know how to explain the different things that their kids see. You know, because my parents, yeah, go ahead. I was about to say, because with that thought, it, because they think if they explain it or talk about it, they're going to plant that seed. It, mm. They're going to somehow, some way, make it acceptable to do X, Y, Z. Whereas most cases, that's not the case. Mm. Right. And I can see both sides of that. If you're planting the seed, you're planting the idea mm. of certain things. Um, but then on the, the other side of the token, it's like, when you were talking about pedophilia, I, I immediately thought like, wow, that's, you know, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, don't shield me from the fact that it's happening because happening, this yeah. is actually happening in the world mm. and people are doing this to children. Mm -hmm. And therefore, like you should know, or you would think, like you said, common sense is not always common. Like somebody would not want to do that to a child or you should not think immediately that this or sexualize a child like that's disgusting so right but then that also shows right because it's not talked about because exactly. even the pedophiles don't talk about this uh, it's such a dirty secret that these kids who are abused then grow up with this secret then they live this secret then they think it's normalized because no one wants to speak it out loud Exactly. So they then they grow up not even realizing that adult. it was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard people, normally men actually grow up and as grown ups, they're like, you know, all their lives they were bragging about what women, you know, oh, I was with my babysitter or my teacher liked me or this older girl. And then when they grow up and they say that, they're like, oh my mm -hmm. God, I think I was molested. Mm -hmm. I think I was raped. Yep. Like, if these are the rules, then they were broken with me and they mm -hmm. didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So that's a thought too. Well, censorship, I believe, is definitely a way to control the narrative. So should some things be censored more than others? Should it even be allowed to exist? I think censorship in a way of a choice, like tell me what this is so mm -hmm. I can make the, the, the choice to either say yay or nay, uh, mm -hmm. walk into it or walk away from it. So in that aspect, I like disclaimers. I like you telling me the rating of this because it has X, Y, Z in it. Right, so but then there's the I thought with that too. So something should be censored in that way. But then I, I think about like Amazon, right? When you go onto Amazon Prime, they give you an option or any type of thing, YouTube, you know, for your kid, if you want them to have HBO as well, if you want them to have a controlled environment, Netflix as well, where it's just kid um, content. 
But then you think, you know, okay, so that way, you know, um, Game of Thrones ain't going to pop up on their feed. But what does this company consider kid content? What do they feel like? And then that would go to James's point, right? That we then have to not only just put that password in place, but now we got to watch everything on there or not have them be by themselves watching stuff because something that we may not approve of might pop up or something we think should be censored, you know, or we weren't ready to have that conversation yet might pop up. Because, you know, technically it didn't show sex, but it showed something. Or technically it wasn't as violent as blood, but someone got killed on there and they're like, yo, Nemo. And you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for this conversation. Okay. <laughs> Finding Nemo, what happened was, you know what I'm saying? He got murdered. His mama was murdered. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Disney movies do it dirty every time. Pixar do it All dirty. All the Disney movies always kill the mother. My God. Always killing somebody. Always yeah. killing somebody. The Why? I don't know. Yeah. I just realized the movie I was trying to write was Mom Got Killed. I'm going to have to rewrite that. Friend, you're contributing uh, to the problem. No, no, it's, it's tradition. Moving on, but no, see, seriously though, should something see, be I think, censored more than others? Like music, artwork, all these kinds of things, things that are. When I also think of censorship, I think of offensive. You know, see, people get so offended. Should that anything be censored more than others, or should it not? That's exist? that's a whole other topic about offense because people, I think, do the most and not enough at the same time. So it's a whole other conversation. But my problem with censorship is if we're talking about censoring art, that's one thing, mm -hmm. because I don't feel like art should be censored. I feel like art in its natural state is the best way to be received. Um, for me with music, like I used to do two different versions of a song or two different versions of an album to make sure I had the clean version for all the church people that used to be fans of mine and you know the dirty versions for the new fans. Now I'm like, if this was in my heart and it contains the word fuck, I'm going to keep the regular version available for everyone. And if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to buy it. Mm. And, and that really goes for everything, really. Like if you don't want to expose yourself to things that you might deem uncomfortable or too salacious for your kids or whatever, you don't have to buy it. No one is forcing you to partake. So why police everybody else because of how you feel? You know, like that's that's really my, my biggest issue with censorship is like, you're offended. Okay, you don't have to watch that movie. I'm not offended by it. I'm gonna watch the movie, but don't take away my right to watch that movie because you're offended. Mm -hmm. Don't cover up parts of the movie that I'm okay with because you can't deal with it. You know, that's... It's a, it's, a, it's a thin line, but that's it's a thin line because I keep thinking about TV and all that kind of stuff and how that password is supposed to create a boundary that we're okay because not any parent is going to sit there and watch every piece of content YouTube kids, HBO kids, Netflix kids has to offer. And not every Just parent. to make sure that it's every, all in the realm of what I want my child to see. And not and every parent is going to catch everything. Or should we just Amish ourselves into the world and take the TV <laughs> away? Like, screw this. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not every parent is going to catch everything either because mm -hmm. whatever you might block at home they're going to see at school they're mm -hmm. going to see at their friend's house i know i couldn't listen to a lot of like hard hip-hop when i was at home but i went mm -hmm. to my boy devon's house when i was in high school and we were listening to dmx every day <laughs> like so mm -hmm. if i wasn't catching it one place i'm catching it somewhere else so you, it's really more about having a conversation about what your kids are exposed to instead of depriving them from it that's all that's, right well yeah. Well, who decides what no longer needs to be censored from curses to reproductive organs, derogatory terms, slang? Who is this big brother person that's just deciding, nah, not that? 
but yes, this. We've allowed the people, we've allowed the music industry, the, the heads of the music industry, the heads of TV shows and uh, production studios to make that determination. I mean, even, even in some instances, um, we've allowed religion to make that decision for us. Um, and then we just take it and we roll with it. Um, so who has decided it could go all the way up? It could, it, could start, it could start and stop with an executive. It could start and stop with whatever your beliefs are. Like we've just allowed it to happen. I so think. are we all kind of in a way just looking for someone to tell us what's okay and what's not? No, I actually think the opposite. Okay. Because the consumers are the ones that buy products and the products are the ones who are giving money to the networks. <laughs> Sorry, what about, what about, what about <laughs> titties? The Lord. I knew she would like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Carry okay. on, carry on. <laughs> like, it's just I felt the voice. The Lord. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Uh, yeah, uh, since, <laughs> since we're the ones that buy the products, we tell the advertisers who to support and who to put money behind. So if there's a whole bunch of what, you know, like, for example, say there's a whole bunch of white women in the Midwest somewhere that, you know, like Colgate toothpaste. And but they don't like rap music, so Colgate is not going to sponsor the BET Hip Hop Awards <laughs> because those white women in the in the Midwest are not going to buy that product if it's supporting you know violence in hip hop or violent lyrics or whatever. So really, it's the consumers, it's the everyday people who tell the the the, the powers that be what they want. The powers that be want to show everything; they have their own agenda, but. They can't do that unless we stop putting money behind what they're doing. So it really still, it really is up to us. So it's not the chicken or the egg that came first, the people came first. And then the consumers just try to, you know, but then, then there's the thought about with the advertising, right? Because, okay, if the people are so much in charge, how many times have advertising snuck into our psyches and told us what we want? Every day. <laughs> Every That's single true. day, Every especially day. now from the yeah. start, and beyond it's like they've constantly found a way to like you want this you want that you i've started what was it um the food that made america men that built america mm. these people were just walking around they didn't they wasn't looking for nothing you know what i'm saying or they they had their own wants, but somebody told them this makes it better this mm. is what you want this is what you want to look for that's what you want to listen to so it's kind of like chicken and egg which came first in that regard as well but what you were saying james i feel like also and stop me if anyone had anything else to add, but I feel like that kind of leads into our thing of how has music censorship impacted our world and society? Hmm. I was about to say, I don't think there's much censorship. I'm just gonna go out and say it. I'll say oh, it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, think it's much censorship. Time, it's like, we don't have enough. Exactly. I think you just now, to, yeah. I, I think it comes down to choice. It's what you want to see. And if you don't want to see it, here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing people don't just walk away from things. They, they make it heard. They will tell, they will, they will um, 
unsubscribe. They will um, take away their money. They will make it be known because that's the only stance they really have. We can't control, like James was saying, what goes on the TV, what what is um you know played in the you know on the radio streams or whatever. The choices literally are. So I honestly believe there isn't much censorship um, today. And that's a good, with a lot of things, that's a lot, that's good. You have the choice um, to, to, to make whatever choice you, you find suitable for you, your family. Um, but honestly, just for the individual, because you can get it from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. And social like media today. gives everybody a platform. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. since social media, everyone has a voice, a platform mm-hmm. to vocalize those and then to get people to say, you know what? You're right. I, mm-hmm. I feel the same way. And then there's a trickling effect. And then next thing you know, you have thousands and millions of people feel the same thing that you feel. Right. And a lot, that's what they say honestly, out loud. Yeah. And honestly, we walk head straight into it without knowing what's coming, without knowing what we're we're diving into. It literally just hits you right in your face. You're like, oh, but I didn't know I, I was going to see X, Y, Z. But okay. you then make the decision to, to keep going or to walk away. So I don't know. I just Very true. It's like, <clears throat> do you feel like back in the day, like 90s? best time in the world but anyway um and beforehand was even better because it kind of impacted society to like be more courteous like when you guys were saying how you would try to talk to a girl on the street you had to be smoother you had to be more creative because the music kind of guided that route for you you wasn't about to come over here like hey you want to like you like you like ah now nah, you want to you would like to go out you know have a drink you might even say a line i could even say early 2000s you know once chris brown came out with yo mm-hmm a lot of guys. I remember my um, my best friend Shakima actually walking down the street. This guy came out of nowhere, cute boy, couldn't be but <laughs> a couple years older, and he had a voice, y'all. And he just started, yeah, all the way down. And some people may say too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't follow her the whole way home. He just walked a couple <laughs> of cars. Not stranger danger. To, at least to get the verse <laughs> out. He waited till the verse got out. But it was so cute. It was just like, you sure you won't get your no? Because that was a nice way to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was like the music influenced the reality of the world. It kind of pushed, yes, very much so. So then back then, or when we had those kind of nuances, when it wasn't so out there, it was probably better. Like I can say even now, I love some Beyonce, love her. When I watched her, some of her videos, I think the movie videos, even I was like, oh this point can I just say one without ass like at one point I remember it was like I love mm-hmm. her so much and I wanted every song but I really started seeing more ass than I was prepared for that day like I didn't even see my ass this much it was like another one where it was actually sitting down and her ass was reflected on the floor so it was ass ass and she was just I was just like I really don't want to miss this video though because the world's going to be talking about it <laughs> but I don't want to see no more booty so it was like what do you in that case, based off of what we just all said, it's kind of like we're vying for censorship in some areas. So I want to piggyback off of what Lisa said. Yes, please. There <coughs> isn't really a lot of censorship anyway, and anymore, not today. Um, to the point that I was making earlier about the parental advisory sticker, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same impact that it used to. You slap that on a record, we're still going to buy the record. You know, The fact that they had Cardi and Meg perform WAP at the Grammys tells you that there's no censorship mm-hmm. anymore and that you know people are just like we're used to it now the one thing that i found out in my report is over the last 10 years people like millennials have been having less 
and less sex, which is interesting because the lyrics are getting more and more sexual. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it almost seems like it's not exciting no more. Not even that, but it's more fun to be shocking in what you listen to, but boring as hell in what you actually do in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like it doesn't even matter anymore where sex and, you know, different things that would be censored, we're, we're desensitized to it. You know, police brutality videos are almost every other day. It doesn't phase me no more. It hurts. But it doesn't phase me to the part where I, I can't watch it, you know, or no more shock and all. Yeah, it's like violence on TV, or you know, hearing all these different Me Too stories, and it's like this is just the world that we're in now, and it, and it sucks that we're desensitized. But it's almost like as we've been more relaxed in our censorship, we're also desensitized to the things that we should be censored from. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the thing: we just spent the whole beginning part of this conversation. Um, crying out and um, I, I don't know the word I do know what it's in there but it's not up here mm -hmm. um, but basically shunning let's use that for lack of a better word censorship but now we're talking about how kind of miss it just with certain things it's not here anymore like everything is just so out there now it sounds like we all miss it so is it more harmful or helpful now we're talking about how the lack of censorship is desensitizing us now we're talking about how people ain't even having that much sex what the people in Australia and them doing that they have not been censored, but they still getting it on. So Why what's happening? Why you um, Why you I'm sorry, that? like James's earlier arguments, which I also knew about, which I thought was very interesting. In a mm -hmm. lot of countries where they don't find things so taboo and they talk to their children about mm -hmm. sex and body mm -hmm. parts, all it's not taboo. So it's not this crazy thing. And so a lot of their numbers for rape or violence and everything are very much lower because it's so out there there's nothing that's ooh exciting underground world let's try this out it's all like as normal as as a bagel and cream cheese so basically they don't believe in the forbidden fruit and i think that's the the concept right a lot of right so do. but they all are doing fine which has been a lot of people's arguments for why are we so censored in america and so uptight if all these other countries show that they're doing so well without it but now we're talking about how censorship it almost is well you guys, you guys offended us no you guys you explained it else. earlier you guys explained it earlier where it's that whole thing of if I tell you not to do something, you're going to want to go ahead and do it anyway. Right. But it's been so much of us telling people not to do something that they've gone ahead and done it. So now nothing is surprising us. Nothing is shocking mm -hmm. us anymore. So mm -hmm. we're so used to doing what we're not supposed to do that now it's boring. <laughs> that literally so is the normalized thing. So you're yeah. saying how censorship yeah. has ultimately like ricocheted on itself. <laughs> yeah, it's backfired itself. And, and that's why I was saying- detriment. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying to me it's more harmful than helpful because people have done stuff anyway mm -hmm. <laughs> when things have been essential. Yeah. Sorry, were you about to say something, Lisa? I said the, the perfect example of that is 16 and pregnant, whereas back in the mm. day, if you were 16 and pregnant, you were sent away to have the baby. Right, say, Scarlet Whatever you're going to do. And then now it's a whole TV show where girls are making pregnancy packs and everything else. And, and that's, that's another I thing I was going to ask. How has TV censorship shaped our world and society? From, we've gone from separate beds for married couples to teenage babies and it's it's the hot thing out and they look miserable and hurt now here they look like they struggling because <laughs> it's true but somehow mm -hmm. everybody wants to get on the show yep and everybody's watching so they're getting a check so that's only right. going to drive the attention up so how has that shaped our set so that would be let's say some of us may agree in a negative way is that a negative thing how it went from because I didn't necessarily agree with married couples having two beds either. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like, is there was there a middle ground we missed somewhere from going from there to teenage sex and teenage babies? I was about to say, I'm the queen of the middle ground. Meet me in the middle. <laughs> Meet me in the middle. In the middle. But then I also see how it's been positive, right? Because if you think about back in the day, LGBTQ plus, they were not featured as well um, on you know TV and everything like that. What Ellen was one of the first. Um, they were kind of, you know, it was a taboo thing. And then here we go now with things like Modern Family, Will and Grace, um, The Fosters, all these kinds of shows and stuff like that kind of normalizes their lifestyle, their family structures, them as people, because they are people. Mm-hmm. Same-sex marriage, it normalizes it to the point that it actually has led society to feel like, oh, oh, you guys are, you know, regular, regular folk. So in that way, I feel like it's shaped it in a more positive light by exposing, as you all have said, that information and the reality. Mm-hmm. But wanna- in other ways, it's like, do we expose teenage pregnancy and stuff like that to kind of with these kids all like I'm gonna get on the show I don't care if I get pregnant early See, I want to I want to speak to it in a different way um I don't know if Please anybody do. watched I don't know if anybody watched the Oscars on Sunday absolutely okay so the, the two only black 93 percent in the world so it's probably just you and me, you and me and <laughs> but there were there were two black women that won for doing hair and makeup for Ma Rainey Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said was that she hopes that it can get to a point where it's not special yep. that they're the first or mm-hmm. that they have a first Asian woman director and all that kind of stuff and all these different firsts. And I think the problem with censorship is that it's created this need for firsts or this need for inclusion when it already should have been. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I always talk about the whole like Adam and Eve thing because it's like at what point did we even have to make all these lines of demarcation about what's acceptable and and what is not acceptable? Who actually said this is right and who actually said this is wrong to the point where for decades, the LGBT community had to hide in the shadows or black people are still waiting for our just due or women are still waiting to be equal or paid above, you know, like why is, why are we just now getting to that point? You know? I'm still waiting to free my nipple. Which brings me to the next question. What is the grace period in which something is no longer considered acceptable or not? So we got a point in life where in the beginning, you know, let's talk about us. Shoot, this panel seems to be pretty chocolatey today because no one else wants to sign us. Sorry, some people scared to get canceled talking about cancel culture. So that's why it's just four of us, but that's whole time. I'm still scared, by the way. <laughs> still scared. But, but think about, oh, you're still scared, but you bold, you brave, sir. Yes, uh-huh. you. you are brave. But at, at some point, it wasn't okay to be black. We were three fifths of a human. We were not, okay. I mean, but it was in the world. It wasn't okay at one point to be alive, existing, us daring to even think to do anything more than be a slave. So at that point, or it wasn't okay for women to be anything but basically slaves to their husbands. It wasn't okay for people to actually be a part of the LGBTQ plus community. It wasn't okay for interracial marriages and the like, and the list goes on. So what is the grace period where things go from obscene, I can't believe it, to, oh, oh, that's okay. That gets accepted. That gets accepted. It's your turn now. Asian people need to be out here now. You know what I'm saying? What What is the grace period at this point? I think society drives it, one, and so does the majority. 
like if um if we were tied when will and grace aired and i thought they were the first show to have um a gay couple kissing and that wasn't it was inside the show that they were watching a gay couple kissing on tv for the first time um but it really comes down to what the majority wants it's uh I don't, like when you watch something when we wh- think about how netflix totally changed because people were like we want to see black people we're in relationships we have friendships we want to just frolic senselessly and just and just live life and guess what they did they and came order to coffee to us. sorry huh nothing going okay friend. Get it out, <laughs> friend. Get it out. um and then they had to they're forced to cater to that so um, the people are leading the culture. That's what we do. So. That's what mm-hmm. we do. Society does it. So if there's more of us than them, that's who's going to win out. So then is the chicken egg thing again, right? So you're thinking of people who actually move it, but then are we considering people like Ava DuVernay or those things? Are we considering them people? Or are we considering them media? The ones who actually decide to drop certain type of things or Tyler Perry with all his shows that might not actually correlate to everybody but it's some people's story I'm sorry go ahead oh sorry no I was just gonna say that on that on that note I don't Mm -hmm. know how many of us have watched them from Lena Waithe on Amazon okay I haven't watched it no so them is a series it's it's actually a horror series in the style of Get Out and Us where it follows a black family in the 50s that moves to a white town and all the white people in the town start terrorizing them. Mm-hmm. And the whole season is like black torture porn and triggers on all senses of racism, slavery, like all of that. And to me, it's like, okay, yes, we have another black show, but is this the black show we need to be watching? Because for me, mm-hmm. like, I didn't want to watch it at first, but I was like, let me just give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Two episodes in, I have to stop. Cause I'm like ready to fight every white person I see, <laughs> you know, based on the show. And then it didn't have like a real point of, of uh, victory or any type of semblance to the story until the last two episodes, but you got to go through all this pain and trauma. Now I believe that Lena Waithe and the whole production team felt that they were doing something good for black people, but in reality, you're hurting us more by continuing to show us in this pain. That's why I was like, I'm tired of, you know, slave movies, like, you know, 12 Years a Slave and, you know, all the Amistad and all that kind of stuff. Like, why can't Black people go to space? Why can't Black people, like, like you said, drink coffee? Like, why can't we do the things that everybody else gets to do in their movies? But mm-hmm. our movies always have to talk about our trauma. That is there, very... There needs to be some censorship there. And maybe it's about self-censorship instead of it being societal or, you know, industry censorship, we kind of have to start telling our own stories the way we want to tell them so nobody else can censor us, you know? But then that's the thing. Those are us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those are us too. So then that way necessarily wasn't necessarily the people leading what we are going to see, but the actual media. Once these people make it into that standard where they have the power now to just dictate, dictate the stories they want to show us and tell us, then they're also the ones leading it. So I'm just playing devil's advocate. I definitely hear that we are leading the culture, but in a lot of ways like advertising or people with these types of powers to put stuff, they can decide what they show us and if they want to listen. Because how many years was it that black people were saying, you know, we're more than this before they decide to allow us to do more than going with the wind. We mm-hmm. even have a panelist who said um, that show you're talking about them was like Handmaid's Tale, yeah. like giving us Handmaid's Tale, which I get. Handmaid's Tale is so triggering to me 
that I cannot finish the first season, but I'm sure it's, it's like such a great concept. I'm sure it's great storytelling, but it's like, oh no. But think about it. Those movies, all those harsh <laughs> movies that talk about all of our black trauma and all of our black pain, <laughs> they're not really for us. They're really doing these shows and movies for the white people who want to feel like they're woke and understand our pain. We know it. We don't have to see it every day. But those are really for the white people who have no clue what's going on. The problem is, is that it's out there for all of us to see, and we're super affected by it because it's triggering. So it, is it, it trying could, to show them that we're woke, or is it trying to show them that there's pain still in our community? It, it goes back way, to who oh, controls the narrative. Who controls because the narrative? Again, this is what. Like, who told them that this is what we wanted to see when right. we go to the movies? Who said that? Who said right. that every but time I want to go to the movies, I want to picture my ancestors getting beaten and raped and stolen from their land and things like that. Like, who said that? But then that goes and slips into offense. That goes and then slips into this censorship, which then slips into what we all discussed, choice. A choice to not watch these things, a choice to not indulge in these things that we feel like are harming us. Because these stories are not only told to just appease white people, but a lot of them are told so that white people can understand us the same way Modern Family was told so that people can understand the gay family. A lot of these shows that we can't stand because it's our reality need to be shown in a light to those who don't understand and have the power to make a change. Because if they think. aren't told, I think so. Because think. if they aren't yeah. told, then they're going to go ahead and continue to think there's nothing wrong. They're you know going to go difference? ahead and think. What's the difference? The, the difference is that none of those other shows that cater to those other demographics have mm -hmm. the same history and the same huge stain on our country the way that slavery does. Which is so, why it needs to be told. Which is well, why here's it the needs thing. to be exposed. But the thing about it is, is that the storytellers are still being paid from the, the, the powers that be who are white. They're still being controlled by the advertisers. Those shows, there's plenty of shows mm -hmm. that tell the black experience in a positive light, but we'll never see those shows. I think they need to be told at the same time. And I think those who are yeah. tired of them don't need to necessarily watch them. I'm not gonna watch them because I'm okay. I know what my life is. But mm -hmm. I also think they do need to still be told. I also think they do need to still be out there because if you go way back, if it wasn't for things like Uncle Tom's Cabin, 12 Years a Slave, then we would not possibly be free today. Those are the things where black people or white people were telling the stories of what was actually happening to slaves and people who were not, who did not have a voice that had abolitionists and white people who weren't even abolitionists at the time, like, oh my God, they're not just skippity doo don what? And then they all begin to make the change and that all influenced the freedom aspect of our lives. So without these stories, a certain level of freedom that we're all fighting for doesn't get told because if we want other people not to see them as much as we don't want to experience them, then they're not exposed and it seems like our pain is fake. So I think they need to be told simultaneously. And like we all argued, censorship wise, it hurts us, it offends us, but we don't necessarily need to know our truth. We already know it, they do. And therefore, we're back in the point of choice. So that would be something I walk away from and let them experience. <laughs> But here's another question. Sorry, go ahead, Lisa. Because I want to add to that. Uh, Queen of the Middle Ground again. Yet again, yes, please. It, is I. it is I. Uh, I believe in balance. Uh, <laughs> I believe that I've read the story about how the world, the word wildland came, ab came about and the um, Central Park Five, but it was a whole different experience to see it before my very eyes. Mm. Therefore, I think it would be a different experience for somebody who read about it in class 
if they do, um, versus watching the movie. So I think we need a good balance. We need those stories of trauma that continually are told because that is the history. And some people, they and won't unfortunately, freeze. sometimes our current, not history yet. Yeah, yeah. I just want right to insert time. something. My uh, favorite movie is Django. That's my Ooh. favorite slave movie. Hello? <laughs> Hello? My favorite freaking Holocaust movie is um, Inglorious Bastards. I remember I watching that. that like, wait a minute. Hitler dies? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is fabulous. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's like, and that goes back to, I think there isn't much censorship because literally TV um, imitates either reality or what we want to see in future. Literally, it really only... Uh, you know shows reflects those two things um and the balance we need we need those with those two things because I want I want love stories I want regular stories about black people frolicking with Asian and Indian people but also I need Brad to get his life together when he watches 12 years a slave like I need him to understand it it's more than that four pages in your history book you need to feel something you need to experience if that's the way that it needs to be done please do continue to tell the yes. story i think they right. do need to, they need to see us going through it and how we persevere regardless like i just yes, feel like we're over but we also right love each other still yes. who is it um cicely tyson talked about her first film one of her first i think award-winning film sounder mm-hmm. she had a moment where she was at an interview and a white lady and i might not be um i won't be quoting this perfectly but the white lady was questioning or just impressed by like so really white people like love each other like that like like she was shocked at the love mm-hmm. scene between Cicely Tyson and the black lead because she never saw black people like actually humanized and love but loving each other and that's why Cicely chose to do movies like that to expose <laughs> that as well well you said it humanized you yeah. said it humanized yeah. 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 we are individuals we are people we have feelings yes. same way but no but this is why I I, I I would prefer for us to self-censorship if anybody's going to do it. Because one thing that I'm tired of, and especially after last year, is white speech and white tears and white guilt. Like, I'm over it. Like, you guys knew. This has been 400 years to, to this point. There's no more explaining. There's no more movies we have to make. If you don't know about it, go read a book, go to the library, go re- you know watch a documentary. We don't need to have any more movies about our pain and trauma always in our faces so that y'all can feel better about what you did to us go read a book and i think that and, well, I, and, 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 I completely disagree with that because i think and, that's your self-censorship right there well, well here's the thing if we're creating the content let mm-hmm. us be the ones to choose the stories that we tell mm-hmm. that's my thing well, if it's gonna if it's gonna come from the powers that be keep that over there you know what i mean like i don't want hollywood telling my kids about slavery i want my own history or the things, the stories that I've gotten passed down from my ancestors to tell them about slavery. And that way I don't have to censor it the way that Hollywood might because Hollywood will take a story and change it based on their own agenda, based on their advertisers, based on their sponsorships to go and cater to those white women in the middle of America and not to the black people whose pain they're taking the stories from. So, I don't think that exists, but I also think there's some that show the absolute true horror of it all as well. Like, do you think Lena Waithe, do you think it's not her story anymore because she took white dollars to make no, it? No, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I would want to know who that series was made for, especially in today's climate where racism is still at an all-time high, where we're still being killed in the streets every day by cops. Who is that series for where you're showing the torture of a Black family? 
Like, that's what I would need to know from her. And why are you content in taking those dollars to make this show? No, because I think I think that's that's your kind of censorship now that you felt like before that you had the power as an artist to be able to do what you want and not care what anyone else thinks about mm -hmm. it because that's what you want to do. Her and Jordan Peele and those type of people, the same way we all grew up wishing we can maybe want to see movies where we're just buying coffee and being pretty. They love some types of horror movies. They love some types of different styles in that case. And so their dream was to be able to grow up and have us actually in horror films where we're just not killed offers. Their dream mm -hmm. was to show true horror, write it, fully immerse in it and be like, wow. And a lot of it, like, get out, we're like, hell yeah. And a lot of it, like, them, we're like, woo. But that's what white people have had the privilege to experience. Their bad, their good, their torture, their happiness, their love, their pain. They've been able to experience the whole shebang. And if we're asking for true freedom and true, like, expression of art and our own stuff, we can't mm -hmm. just be like, just show us being happy and go lucky. No, not that at all. But guess what movie he's trying to make that they won't let him make? Who is he? Jo Jordan Peele. Okay. They won't let him put out the movie about reverse racism and slavery, where the black people are the slave owners. They won't let that movie come out. <laughs> they might not let that one come out, but they're not his only option. The same way Spike Lee got all the money he needed to do to do um, freaking um, Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. All he has to do is make the calls and do the thing. And he probably got some of the money in the bank. I bet you if he hook up with Tyler Perry, they could probably get this thing going. Just give this it up. But, but Sorry, go ahead. Thing. Hold on. Lisa wanted yeah. to say something. Because yeah. I want to say, we also have to remember the fact that those movies, uh, like the slave movies and all that stuff, as well as you know, inflicting trauma and putting us back in that spot. They also celebrate heroes in our community and heroes in our history. So we can't like negate that part of it. Um, and the more we support Lena Waves and Ava's and, and Jordan's, the more they move up that rank of gatekeeper. Like I make what I want to make. I make what reflects my community. I make, whether it be trauma, whether it be joy and happiness, I I make those things. I'm allowed to, to do those things. So I, I think we have to remember that it does celebrate some parts of it as well. And they're only taking what the present climate is and giving it right back to us. Right. Like I would hate if I went through all types of hell and whatever, and my story is not worth being told because it doesn't make people feel good. I would hate that. I but we do that. need balance. We do need we need balance. And that's the argument is the balance. And it's because... okay if the white people let this go, but don't let that go because the white people mm -hmm. aren't our only option anymore. That's why we love the Tyler Perry's that I'm calling their own shots. Like, yeah, he's got his own style, but I, I and I appreciate everything that he does and how he does it. He gets it done by himself. He doesn't right. wait for nobody to give him no answer. Um, so we we just need to get to, to that spot. But um, I feel the like, balance yeah. is real. Oh, I was about to say this. Like we, we've, you know how we'll be like, oh, that's some white people ish. Oh, that's some white people stuff. That's literally because that's all we were exposed to: white people in relationships, white people in happy, white people frolicking and doing whatever. White they people in do. scary movies going to see what the noise is. White people ish, <laughs> but put a black person in it, it'll start being our stuff. Indian. There's always gonna be one black person like, nah, I'm gonna go see what that <laughs> is. Like, yo, you stupid. <laughs> but they exist but we would but never we need know that. we need that so it it, it normalizes it and and makes it more human to everyone okay okay so they're not but, so hey can i throw a curveball question well not too much of a curveball but what happens when something that is um illegal is also unjust or immoral such as like interracial marriage or the standard third like what happens when tradition and culture is upheld at the detriment of others all that I feel like is wrapped up in this. Why? Because with censorship, 
um, especially when you consider it with law and order, a lot of the things that, a lot of the things that, <laughs> that we feel like are totally okay now, at one point we're not, and at one point was illegally said to not be okay um, and put rules on and stuff to kind of, to, to die down. So does anyone have any like answers to that? What happens when things, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> things um, that are illegal is also unjust and immoral. Does anyone have any things about that? What'd you say, Lisa? I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember the first part of the question. It's understandable, it's fine. <laughs> it's definitely a curveball question. It is a curveball <laughs> question. It's trying to just push us somewhere else. Um, traditions, culture, the things that lead us, things that guide us. What have the things that create our moral code, the things that we all go by and approve of now, what happens when that is unjust and moral or at our detriment ultimately? I know like, what you mean. You break away. So like those kinds of things. Basically how moonshine used to be illegal and now it's not. Correct. Or how, how interracial affect... marriage used to be illegal and yeah. now it's not the loving case. How LGBTQ families used to be illegal and now it's not. It's still it... kind of in the same realm of where we are and, and that whole question of when does the grace period end of when these things are now like, okay. As a whole, yeah. as a whole in society, I don't believe there's any more grace periods. I think that if we want something to be seen, we'll make it ourselves or we'll you know campaign to get it done. Um, and things that may have been taboo before no longer are taboo. Things that might've been illegal before that are legal now, you know, um, there's a lot of things that changed. And I think that's good for society that some things have changed and there have been, you know, some relaxation of the rules, but mm -hmm. it still comes down to personal preference. And I also still think that, you know, money rules everything. So if the powers that be want to make something else illegal, they're going to make it illegal. Something that we've been used to for years, you know, right. for years, you could smoke on a plane and for years you're seeing everybody smoking in movies and yeah, smoking everywhere. About actually taking away menthol. Yeah. So they already banned it in Canada. So like, you know, now you see somebody or smoking Or the fact somewhere. that the chokehold and all those things were perfectly legal and stuff at some point or immunity for cops. Mm -hmm. Or if we want to bring it closer to home, just, and not something maybe as something we take as serious, but personal to home. What about left-handed people being forced to be right-handed? That happens. I'm left-handed. <laughs> Like, just because that's the norm. Like, you see a kid mm -hmm. with their left hand and you automatically like, no, no, baby. Because that's mm -hmm. what's like a normal thing. It goes I would fight them. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Well, then. Well, then. You're a child, though, and everybody's okay. telling you to do that. I would fight them. You would not. <laughs> your person now would. No, my little self back in kindergarten used to fight them. Oh, anyway, anyway. I am left-handed and proud of it. So it's Phil anyway. So yeah. what we're saying is what we're saying is all these things that even now, like at this very moment, we have all of us uh, a moral code or or things that we feel like are right and things that we feel like are wrong, things that we all hear and now approve of and disapprove of. Is there anything we could dig deep into ourselves and actually think about that it was just normal? So we didn't even give it a second glance. And, and, and if we think too hard on it, we're like, huh, why does it have to be that way? Yeah. So that's basically what the scale of censorship and everything has been. Well, um, I, I cuss in front of my parents now. I didn't, I didn't cuss <laughs> okay. before. 
That's definitely. I was afraid to cuss. My father never cussed, and my father cusses way more now <laughs> in his sixties than he did when you know I was little. And I'm not afraid to cuss in front of them, and and, and just speak my mind and say what I feel. And I think that you know, because that's a form of censorship where yes. All that stuff, yes. you know. So I now watch yeah. movies with my family, and something crazy happened on scene. I'm like, this is awkward. Because you ever watch a movie? My eyes, uh, exactly. Yes, when it's sex and sex and like, you know, now when, I'm like, when, now I'm sitting there like, when Faith did the family and soul food. Fast forward, are we all gonna watch Ooh. this girl reach her climax? Listen, when, watch when, this. when Faith did, <laughs> when Faith did the family in soul food, we all had to close our eyes and be like this Ooh. to the TV. Mm-hmm. Now I'm all like, did she really do it? <laughs> And I'm gonna just watch it. But yeah, that that stuff, I mean, that's one of the changes. I don't think there's anything that's illegal in the past that's legal now or vice Outside versa. Of police brutality at the moment. Yeah. Or certain certain gun laws. Right. We won't get into that right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just things in the house and stuff like that. Like when, you know, like it's something to think about. What part of our own traditions and cultures have we not even questioned? Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so here we go with this one. Um, and just something to think about, not necessarily something you have to answer now, but related to that, what do we continue to allow? Um, why do we continue to allow outdated concepts to rule over our modern day lives? So even us, even though we feel like we're all, I feel like modern and what's it forward thinking with a lot of stuff, we're open to a lot of things. Even us, I've seen in this conversation have had moments where we're like, Oh, and why they had to show that? And da, 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 da. So there's still stuff that you know was in us. It's like, uh-uh. I don't know. And then we have to ask ourselves why. I don't. Sometimes, sometimes, I think it matters what your motivation behind it is. Okay, like um, what you mean? Like if you think somebody doesn't deserve to do X, Y, Z, then you 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 need to check yourself because who's telling you what you should and should not do? But if you're doing it just because you don't want to be exposed to something because you don't care to see it, I think that's a choice to be made. Like if I if I don't choose to see it, then it is. As long as I'm not yucking your yum, as long as I'm letting you be and occupy the space that you're occupying, then I can choose what I do. As long as I don't um, come come at you for doing that, but. The problem is people like to tell people what to do. And that's where we have the problem. Even if you don't like it, you should not dictate, you know, how somebody should live their life. There's no way that you can do that. I don't, that's the part that that's the problem. If anybody could be like, do as, you do as, do to those as you would have done until you, you know what to say. You know what I'm trying to say. You know, when somebody, uh, you don't want somebody telling you what to do, don't do it to somebody else. If you don't want to be a part of it, cool, bye. You don't have to say a zip zap word. There's no reason to do that. That's where all the problems are. But then again, that's me. And I don't understand it. If I have to go, I'll be like, all right, God bless you. God keep you. I'll see you when I see you. That's it. That's it. I'm gone. I don't have to tell you xyz my own opinion because i still think that telling somebody what their opinion should be of something is a form of censorship so you can't tell me how to feel how to think because you don't know my experience because you're you would be censoring me at that point the part that you shouldn't be doing is letting people know because you you don't like what they what they do that part doesn't make sense but everybody has freedom 
type deal. Exactly. Don't yuck yeah. my yum. Everybody has freedom of speech. You know, let's agree to disagree and keep it pushing. Absolutely. When I think of outdated concepts, I automatically think of my aunts and grandparents and mm-hmm. how they, because they want you to, like anything you do outside of what they consider to be normal is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to just let them believe whatever they want to believe. Mm-hmm. Don't argue it. Um, I just won't tell you everything I'm doing on a daily basis because so I'm going to do whatever I want to do. kind of, yeah, that secrecy, <laughs> that breed secrecy, yeah. right? And it's like, what do y'all want? Do y'all want everything to just stay in the dark? Uh, but here's another thing. Let's go ahead and delve into this before we all go. How does censorship correlate into cancel culture? Mm. James, what happened, James? <laughs> I, just, I just, I had to wave it off because, yeah, y'all go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go. No, James, now you're you in got my wand. No, I know. So, I'm already into my uh, moonshine margarita. Come on, old smoke. You know what it is? <laughs> it's it's the fact of what Lisa was just saying that I think is the problem with cancel culture, because there's two things. There's no room for forgiveness in cancel culture, which I think is mm. a big problem, because if we all look at our closets, Hello? there's not just skeletons. There Hello? are diaries there are films there's a whole bunch of stuff that we don't want nobody to see about our lives and if they were ever exposed on on the front page we would want the same kind of understanding and forgiveness that we refrain from giving to anybody else that's number one (laughs) but number two we're not supposed to (laughs) by the way that's my favorite non-slave movie (laughs) i'll take take 10 of those color purples over anything else um but what was i gonna say damn it what was i gonna say oh okay in 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 pushing our opinion off on someone else that is something that we don't want to do we don't want anyone to do it to us but that's what cancel culture does it forces society to look at this one person and all the things that they might have done bad that have come to light, forget anything good that's ever happened with that person, anything good that that person has ever done, and vilify them for the rest of their lives. And if you disagree with the canceling, then you're also now just as bad as that person that you're canceling. And it's just like... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the way you exhale. No, it brings it back to <laughs> social media and having exhale. that platform, right? Mm-hmm. You now have a platform to voice your opinion and to have thousands and millions of people right. follow along with you or agree with you, whereas they may have never said anything or never even thought about it. But your argument is, it sounds good. So it's like, you know what? you're you're absolutely right let me never listen to this person again let me never watch anything that they've ever done throw them in jail because that's where they need to be like so this is the death this is the the clarity cancel culture unlike censorship i feel like is the clarity of chicken or egg first the people definitely drive cancel culture no doubt about it people human beings the culture all of us are the ones who drive this whole canceling of I was about to say, who is breathing heavy like that? <laughs> He's telling me to shush. Oh, yes. uh, are the people that drive? <laughs> okay. What? Are the people who drive this kind of thing? And so then we have the question, can you separate, if you feel like, oh yeah, they definitely need to be canceled, just if you did, can you separate the artists from the art? And what am I thinking of here? I'm thinking of Cosby. I'm thinking of R. Kelly. Okay, I'm thinking of a few... Sir, I'm thinking of a few things at this point. Because I'm like, does the... Co- I, I 
Shoot, this is per se space. I watched the Cosby show and I absolutely love it. Do I approve of what Cosby did? No. But I absolutely love his show. I don't want to jump off Felicia Rashad and all of them too, just because. Because I, I feel like you can't separate. Uh, what no. I like, hey, this is a safe space. Everybody say what you want to say. But what I say it is <laughs> definitely. I feel like personally, the artist probably should be able to be separated from the art. But that is such a touchy ass subject. It that is, is so touchy. That's what feeds them, and I'm sorry, but some okay. I that's say what all feeds this. them, right? But, but it's like, oh my god, some people god. do deserve to be canceled. Now I like okay, and I say that. Half hearted. This is a safe space. People speak because <laughs> I, queen of the middle ground here. Uh, because, <laughs> because some people are just downright wrong. And here's the thing: everything I say will always ultimately come back to choice. If you tell me X Y Z, uh, Woody Allen did X Y Z, and they'd be like, "Wow, that's dirty. That is wrong." I shan't not. I shan't not support that. Um. But I can't tell you what to do. I don't. I don't know the grace. And I. I judge. I do the judging on my my part. Like if I if I if somebody were to to rewind the clock and realize in fourth grade Lisa was calling everybody um, gay, he'd be like you gay, you gay for that, you gay because that was norm. That was the normal. It was negative. We weren't like saying it like you should be hurt or harmed because of it, but it was a negative thing. It was the way to put someone down. Like, oh, you gay for that. Oh, that's gay. But I wouldn't want anybody judging me on that. But I do think some things need to be uh, judged, but that's for a personal person to do. Like if, if R. Kelly, that, yeah. But was hey. R. Kelly sitting outside hey. in the van with a lollipop saying, hey, come, come into my van, come to my house. Did he tell them to come ring his doorbell? Was he giving out his address to just anybody? Like, I mean, there's different stories to go there. But I like, I'm still going to step in the name of love because- That was my question. I was like, are you going to step on me? I'm going to step in the name of love. Like, and then I'm just going to not, I don't know, like- but then that also gives those goals to those people that are doing wrong seemingly because, hey, you should probably know better as a 28 year old man, 38 year old man, 50 year old man. It, it, you're See, taking advantage. This is you're this taking is, advantage. This is my thing. <laughs> He's taking he advantage. You're he taking advantage. advantage. Okay. I do not agree with his actions, but. But this is my thing. Okay. Like we, there's a couple, there's a couple things here because it's very touchy, like, like you said. I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to say it the nicest that, way. That dragon. I'm trying He's to say it the nicest way. Um, because okay, Get I listened to R. Kelly the other day, and I didn't feel no kind of way about it. I, I just didn't because I listened to R. Kelly before I knew what was going on, and I listened to him while I knew what was going on, and I'm listening to him now after I know what's going on. It does not make me feel any way about the actual music because I know how to separate the two things. But I also feel like society as a whole loves to put someone up on the stake. And regardless of what they feel about themselves personally, or their family personally, then they add the wood. Right. So it's like, I think people just like to look for someone to vilify. Because if we all knew every single thing about everyone that we like, we probably wouldn't like them. And so my thing is, at what point do you stop? trying to 
put someone in a box of cancel culture and just look at them as a human being. Because if you look at you in a box of cancel culture, you're going to want us to look at you like a human being. You know, and I think the real thing about cancel culture that needs to be addressed is not so much about whether someone's censored or canceled, it's about accountability. Has that person been held accountable for what they've done? And if the court cases say someone's innocent, we should probably leave them alone. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. But you that's know, I, I agree with that too, except when it comes to if you want to bring in Black Lives Matter. Okay. Cause then it's like George Zimmerman's innocent. Mm-hmm. Fuck George Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. But I'm still on your point. I'm just the devil's see, it's, advocate it's, of a it's what It's also what you do with your innocence. So mm-hmm. George Zimmerman took his innocence and turned it into infamy by trolling Trayvon's family, by trying to get endorsements and money and being an asshole. Nate Parker took his innocence to try to better himself and other people. And we are still looking at him like he's the devil. Yeah. You know, Nate Park, I definitely understand. And also, I'd like to say, who was I about to say, who also is innocent, but fuck them. Sorry, I can't remember right now. Keep going. Go ahead, Lisa. You're about to say something. Because James said he knows how to separate the two. I would I would argue that I do as well. But it's a choice to if you are going to argue or or separate the two or if you don't, if you want to hurt somebody and be like, no, I'm not down with what you did. You need to be vilified uh, 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 until you um, reach some type of, uh, I don't know, remorse or something that, that, that makes me be okay. Like, okay, so you've, you've confessed to your sins, you're working on it and you've, you, you're recovering. Um, But but some people don't want that. No, you you messed up. You crossed the line. I'm going to hit you where I can hit you because I can't physically touch you. I can't hurt you the way that I, well, not the way that you want to be hurt, but like, I, this is the way I can hurt you by not uh, indulging supporting in you. your stuff. Yeah, supporting your stuff. Putting money why, right. why and then we're thinking about what you were saying, James, about what they get, like how they do with their innocence. Like George Zimmerman is forever canceled in my life, whether he did good mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Were you about to say something, Ari? I was just saying that things like things trigger people differently, mm-hmm. right? So I forgot what I was going to say after that. But well, yeah, actually, I was going to speak to that. Different. I was going to speak to that. Like okay. I would never knowingly put on an R. Kelly song in front of a young girl who has been raped or you know molested by an older man. But however, if I don't know and I put that song on and she tells me this is offending me, then I'm going to do my due diligence and turn that shit off. You know what I mean? But I think the problem with cancel culture is that they're expecting everyone to feel the same way about everything. Mm -hmm. And we are not a monolith of of society. We have different ways that we think. So if you tell me that you're triggered by something, I'll turn it off for you. But you can't tell me in the privacy of my own home that I am contributing to the triggering of someone else that I don't know by playing R. Kelly or watching The Cosby Show. They like, can, but you don't have to listen to it. That's my thing. They can tell you that you are contributing. Right. That's what they are doing, right. uh, essentially. But you can make the decision at the end of the day whether I'm going to do it or not and whether I see it or not based on mm-hmm. how I feel. Like, I'm not doing that. This is my intention and this is what I choose to do. And I think that's what it all comes back to. It comes back to you can't tell people what to do. You can put out the information. I'm not doing X, Y, Z. You guys should. Whether or not they do, that's their business. Like, that's what I mean by self-censorship. Like, yeah. if you are able to self-censor yourself, like, if you feel mm-hmm. a way about something, then by all means, take that thing away from you. You don't have to indulge in it. So but if someone else... Self-censorship, not 
outward censorship. Yeah, because as soon as I tell somebody else what to do, it's like, where's the fun in that? Like you're telling me, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, entitled to your opinion, right? And I can respect that because it's your opinion. Just don't force it on me, mm -hmm. right? Which is what Lisa was saying earlier. But then here goes this: Who gets the benefit of the doubt? Because just like James was saying earlier, all right, you can say a George Zimmerman and a Nate. You can say a Nate Parker, right? Um, Situation. You can say uh, Elvis, Woody Allen. All these people are like. They haven't technically been canceled the way a Cosby and an R. Kelly has been canceled when Woody Allen literally married his daughter. So it's like, who gets the benefit of the doubt here? And then if you think about things like, um, ooh, I, I admire the, what's it called? The, where they put their hands on the stars. Hollywood, Hollywood stars. stars, yeah. The Hollywood stars. The Association of the Hollywood Stars, the Hall of Fame. They have a, a, a saying in which, or a rule in which they refuse to take anyone's stars up. So people like Cosby and everyone who's got, um, who were uh, convicted or anything like that, people are like, now take their star up and rip this down, you know, take this show off, all that kind of stuff. They were one of the people who were like, no, we separate the art from the artiste. If we were going to do that, then everybody, you know, basically has to come up. There's a, I believe John Wayne or some old, old actor um some of them are known for beating the hell out of their uh, wife to the point you know she was close to death someone else is known for murdering someone all after the art was was out there and so they're like hmm they already made these movies or or this this is what we're celebrating we're not celebrating the people we're celebrating the work that they did so when you think about who gets the benefit of the doubt in this kind of way is it the fact that when I'm thinking about Elvis, I'm like, okay, Elvis is dead. So do you think that people just so it is let it go the because of the doubt, like Michael he's Jackson? dead? Like, no, nope, because they're still trying to kill Michael Jackson even though he's dead. Well, see, and then you have that. So then it's like, are is the reason that they're not vilifying um, Elvis is because they're just like, oh, you know, he's a rock star and he was famous and he was well, they the all of his time the, i know but all of them are right and then woody we, allen I is mean, alive and kicking still married to his girl his daughter and everything and honestly that's the reason why <laughs> that's the reason why cancel culture is such a problem for me because they pick and choose who gets canceled mm -hmm. and if it was really going to be a real thing cancel everyone including Everybody yourself including yourself like if but you've done something bad on if you can cancel that person if i'm not contributing to that person's you know life career whatever more chances than not i'm not canceling them because they were never a part of my life to begin with so it's only magnified when it's people that are part of our culture or part of our community that we are canceling that we're that you can obviously see that yes i'm making the decision to not support this person in any form or fashion okay ask, so is it only oh, big voices that's what I was going to ask. Like, are we really canceling people? Is anybody actually getting canceled no. from cancel culture? No, because it's up to everybody to do what they want. Because just as many, there's people that like, at the end of the day, it's up to everybody doing what they want. But the people who get vilified, the people who still support the cancel culture, the people who actually get it through, because some people respect the cancel culture enough to take off Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima and all these other things. Or then let's go even deeper, right? Right now we're talking about frivolous stuff, right? Music a show and we decide to go deeper into cancel culture with the mindset that we have the power to stop using what these people created then we're going into 
all the laws that we go by in America and all the people who wrote them. Mm. Every one of the mugs should be canceled Liberty for the type of egregious for slavery <laughs> stuff they did. But we follow those to the T. It's actually led us down this road of censorship conversation. Let's go even further. What about the mofo who actually created the speculum? For us to find out if we have cancer, cervical cancer, all the types of issues that happens in a woman's body, he actually used slaves to do that. He actually practiced on slave women because he felt like they didn't feel pain and actually went ahead and did horrible things to where they were bleeding out on his tables and he would just say, next, give me the next one until he perfected the speculum that we all use today that helps save our lives. So do we then cancel that because of the shit he did just to get it? See, that's the thing. I, cancel is the wrong word. It's about holding them accountable. So you can still, and, and this How is going to sound hold crazy. How do that kind of thing accountable? He's long day. No, this is going to, this is going to sound crazy, but I believe R. Kelly should be in jail if it is true that he did what he did to these women. Mm -hmm. I also believe I can fly. So two things. Ah, ah, sorry. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> So, well. so two thoughts can occupy the same space. <laughs> so while I hate that the doctor experimented on slaves, I'm happy that the doctor experimented in the first place. Now, does that mean that we need to name a college or a hospital wing after him? No. Mm -hmm. We can acknowledge his work, but also hold him accountable for how he did it. And that's where I think cancel culture gets mixed up because they want to go and rip off names as if that's going to be the thing to cancel someone. No, canceling someone is to make sure, or not even canceling, but holding someone accountable is to make sure that what they did wrong goes down in infamy. Mm -hmm. That like, is the role, right? Whatever's done wrong is actually still put out there, right? Yes. It's not necessarily not taking their names off of stuff. It might not unfortunately be because at one point I'm like, woohoo, tear down those statues. But in the end, I'm like, that's the truth of American culture. It's hard for me to freaking argue two points. I'm like, you know, screw them statues. Them mugs ain't did nothing but try to kill and, and rape my ancestors. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I'm like, don't take away Gone with the Wind. People need to know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, which one? You know, don't take those books out of the school. The kids need to know. In that instance, that same argument will eventually be thrown up. Don't take those Confederate statues down. People need to know. Like we want them to keep in the story of slavery in the history books, right. but they're trying to that say it. That was wrong, but that means they're trying to take it out. Take away that accountability part. If somebody's right. named after this, this person did this and that. I saw a documentary for Hamilton. I absolutely love it. It was done well. But in the documentary, the guy who plays um, George Washington, a black man, I believe he's like half black and half Latinx community, actually stated in there that he was not a perfect person. I'm not like, you know, like, woohoo, George Washington was this great, perfect figure. Said he was human. He did amazing things and he did terrible things. And that is humanity. And so in Hamilton, a lot of people are upset that people of color are playing these figures or celebrating these figures and all the great things they did. They also have to read and see they also did horrible things. These are the things. You can't get one without the other. They all come in that same human package. And that's for literally everybody. Mm -hmm. So like, because if somebody, but if, if the whole thing of cancel culture is stop using what they make because that can hurt them, 
or their legacy, if they're dead, you know, their kids and kids and grandkids are making money off of stepping in the name of love or the speculum mm -hmm. or shit. Somebody, I find out somebody who made the toilet did some horrible, horrible things. I'm not stopping using that toilet. Mm -hmm. That in itself is separating the artist from the art. Well, you said something very key and that they were celebrating these figures in Hamilton. To me, that's part of the problem. You don't have to celebrate someone to experience what they did. That's so, my thing too. So, 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 wait, I so, think though, I hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, let me, let me, let me make my explanation. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> go ahead, so, go ahead. So my this thing is, us, our whole lives. this year, every day. <laughs> but what I mean by that is I can watch Hamilton, the play, and experience the art for what it is without having to celebrate the characters in the play. You know what I'm saying? So like my one of my all-time favorite movies is Sister Act 2. I yeah. love every single thing about that movie. I know it by heart. But guess who I met in real life and still can't deal with her because I hate her. And that's Woo. Shirley Ralph. <laughs> because she did not have to treat Lauren Hill like that in that movie. You know what? But here's the thing. Stupid people can't separate the two because they can't tell that Shirley Ralph is playing a character, but Shirley Ralph in real life is someone completely different. That's why I'm saying you can experience something and not have to celebrate or hate it. It's just part of your actual experience as a human being. And that's why cancel culture is a problem because we're taking away the experience of something and giving people the only choices of celebrating or hating. And that's, that's not enough for the human experience. If you can only celebrate or hate me and not experience me, that's a problem because you might not like me and I might not like you. But if we're here together in this space, we have no choice but to experience each other. What we do with that experience is on our own. But you're forcing me to celebrate you or forcing me to hate you? No, that's not cool for me. Beautifully that's said. why I think if cancel culture was presented in a way like, hey guys, this is the information. Uh, make your own decision. Uh, I forgot what the other part I was going to say. Oh, and here's a road to redemption. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this group is offended. We would appreciate X, Y, Z. Apologize. Now, the problem is, even when people apologize, it's not enough. Like, nope, we don't like yeah, it. I was going to say, it's so once somebody's canceled, can they be redeemed if they've grown, evolved, or told? There should be a road to redemption. That's the problem with council mm -hmm. culture. There's no redemption. No. Listen, I was about to preach up in here about Jesus because even he gave everybody a chance, but none of us, we do not give each other chances. And that's the problem. It's like some people need to call them out. People need to be called out, but do it as information. Do it as like you have a decision and a choice to be, make your own choice. One um, quick thing. I'm sorry. One mm -hmm. quick thing. I read a book called Conversations with God and I won't go into the whole background of the book, but it's this guy who writes a book from the perspective of him having an actual direct conversation with God. And it got on the subject of love and acceptance and all that kind of stuff. And God told him, everybody would be very surprised to know that Hitler is in heaven. Mm. And I had to pause and I read that. I'm like, but he killed all those people. Yeah. But what if on his deathbed mm -hmm. or right before he died, mm -hmm. he said, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept mm -hmm. you as my Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. I love you. I believe in mm -hmm. you. Take me up into heaven. According but, to our religion, that's supposed to happen. That's, yep. 
and we are human our flesh part of us can't accept that we it 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 rots at us it's like how but that's the flesh part of it paul is the perfect example he killed christians he killed the very people he preached to and guess what he ended up doing god's work so that that's the flesh part that's the part that gets us that's reason why cancel culture even exists because we don't see it we're like no we don't want it no we don't want it but let us do something we want it no give us give us the grace give us the mercy please please rain down shower down on me shower down shower down and i agree with that too i don't necessarily agree with cancel culture myself um but i do agree with redemption and everything but i also don't agree with everyone has to also apologize for stuff so then that comes into things where there's like you know i don't think that because i don't think it applies to everyone let me just be clear um I feel like, yeah, we would want our Kelly and them to apologize, but I also don't necessarily need Bernie Mac to apologize for his jokes about cookies and milk. I don't. I feel like it was funny at the time. It worked. It was a thing. It, and even if, if he said it, I feel like if he didn't do anything to attack or whatever anybody, it was just words, right? But then that also gets clouded all into the thing. You know, look, at, look, at, look at Kathy Griffin. Kathy, Kathy Griffin, Griffin had her entire career taken away from her yeah. because of her holding up that head of Donald Trump being all bloody. Yeah. And as it turns out, she was our hero. Mm -hmm. She right. did everything that we were all trying to say and wound up saying publicly, but she's the only one that got canceled for it. And then there's like, the thing of there's certain prejudices as well when it comes to cancel culture. And my whole thing is it can't apply to all. It probably shouldn't apply to none for a lot of things, I feel like. And that's one of the things that I just believe. Um, um well yeah and it is a lot with comedians a lot of the stuff with comedians oh, people yeah. want to cancel comedians all the time and i'm like god damn where's our freedom art comedy is art music is art movies are art mm -hmm. don't take away going with the wind don't take away bernie mac don't take away you know what i'm saying like at the same time then i had to question myself like those people who put on blackface should they be fired from their job that person who did this that, and the third uh or said nigger in there in there in there what we were talking about lisa before about nurses Mm -hmm. um, like a nurse who's apparently racist and doesn't like, you know, says nigger and stuff on her time off. But if she has made sure she treated every single patient in there with the utmost perfect care from every single one on her list and never did anything wrong with any of them, does she still deserve to be kicked out of her job? Just because yes. she said certain things. Yes, we because can't. if you know better, you do better. And someone saying nigger and being racist is also a choice. Someone using freedom of speech in comedy is their profession. And that's where people get it mixed up. If Dave Chappelle makes a joke no, that offends, those are the same people that even they're the same people who will say that in their own houses and their own lives, and then they get caught, and so then they're out. And what's the what's the woman that used to cook with butter all the time? What's her name? Paula Deen. said nigger in her house, and she thought she was and wanted to have a plantation event <laughs> and all this other stuff. I don't necessarily think she needs to be canceled. I don't think so either. She I needed so to apologize. I don't even know if she needed to apologize. If she I mean, felt like but, she needed to apologize because she offended see, certain people, that's one thing. If but she that's felt like that was her truth, and so only the people who want to hang with her still want to hang with her, then that's it, what it, it is it, what it is. It depends. And I think the, the problem with cancel culture is that cancel culture believes that it's above the law. And when you're policing offense, that's one thing. But when you're policing actual crime, that's something else. And I think cancel culture gets itself mixed up into thinking that it's it's judge, jury, and executioner. And it's not even any of them. It's just your personal opinion. So do I think that some people need to apologize for the sake of their careers? Yeah. But for the sake of Maybe my for the sake own, of their careers,
yeah, for the sake of my own personal preference, I don't care. People are way too sensitive. Way too sensitive. But but cancel culture is operating in the space that they have. The reason why they're cancel culture is because their culture that they're moving is social. It's it's I can cancel you at this time. So they're not policing. They can't do much to you, but cancel your ass. They can like not support, not and tell and spread the word. So they're operating the very way that they want to operate. So if they choose to do so, they do it. Now, when you said the whole apology thing, uh, the only time or the way I thought about it, I was like, huh, does does younger Lisa think she should apologize for saying that's gay back in the day? And the answer is no, because at the time that was acceptable, not, not only just acceptable, but like it, it wasn't seen as a bad thing. Now, would Lisa do that today? That's the difference. No, I would not even touch that thing because I know now, given the information and the knowledge and the people I've been around and the, the culture I've been um, exposed to, that's wrong. So like, I feel like, like James said, if you know better, you do better. Now, if that's your part, um, if you grew up saying the N word and you've come across some people that say, hey, not cool. This is, these are the reasons. It hurts me. It does this. Um, If you want to keep your social pool, if you want to be acceptable, if you want to be a right person or a good person and consider the feelings of others, then you will change your ways. and apologize. I, I do think if you feel some type of way, you'd be like, you know what? My bad. It was a part of my thing. Um, I'm sorry. I was uninformed. I was not, I, I was, I didn't know. Um, See, and I think forward. that it goes to if what you want to, who you want to keep around you and all that kind of stuff. I think that is definitely a part of the choice. I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily you're a good person or a bad person because you might want to use language that is your freedom to use. I don't think you always need to apologize for using language. It's your freedom to use. Unless you're going to help get you somewhere. And I that, think that, then that's not sincere. Exactly. If you're not sincere right. to it, then <laughs> screw it. Do what you want. There's a mad people who are literally famous and held up because they were just like, fuck it. <laughs> What's the um, comedian I- who just died? Um, what you call it? She was an old white lady comedian she didn't just die she died some time ago she was famous oh joan rivers right joan rivers shooting the shit like a lot of the people we admire the most are people who shoot the shit who said what they wanted to say you got all the fan all in the family that show was amazing because everybody was honest archie bunker thomas uh right jefferson they just said what the hell they wanted to say all day every day and the show went on and it was beautiful and it was real it was uncensored but that's in the realm of comedy. Comedy is a little bit of truth. And then put my spiel All the stuff they were saying wasn't funny. All the stuff they were saying was very true. They talked well, about brutality in that show. They talked about all that kind of stuff. And I was okay with it. And I still like Archie at the end of the day. So I feel like it all depends on people's opinion of you apologize and that might make me feel better about supporting you. But Kevin Hart didn't get that luxury. And Kevin Hart apologized three times. And they still didn't let him host the Oscars. They still wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. They vilified him. You know, he had to go on all types of TV shows. He did a whole documentary and people are still acting like he is the scum of the earth. Chris Brown. That's where certain prejudices lie. And and that's also that time thing. That's that grace period sneaking in again. Chris Brown has apologized. And Rihanna has even gone to bat for his apologies. And people are still acting like he's the scum of the earth. So think about Bill Cosby that we're talking about something that happened 30 plus years ago and it's still affecting people to this day. These people can possibly whatever. People are just (sighs) thinking 
there's no grace period. Like if I wanted to dig up something from your past and villainize you or make you look like shit over it, I could. I could. Like that's what I'm getting out of this whole cancel culture thing. Like yeah, I, think, I, I could think... take anything you've done and just turn everything you've done to garbage. Doesn't matter what the good you've done because now everybody remembers that you've done this one bad thing or you've done, you know, these bad things when you that were... we think are irredeemable or whatever exactly. is the case. I feel like, yeah, it's all and, and much more to discuss, but we can't get to it today. But I'm glad we started this series off here. Again, this show, We Need to Talk Club, is not about necessarily who's right or who's wrong or walking out the room with a solid answer. It's about coming in with something old and leaving out with something new. That's all we ever want to get out of here. So I thank you all for this discussion. I think it was dope. I'm glad we all got through it. I'm glad we all got heated. Glad we all got cooled down. Whatever the case may be, um, it was beautiful. I love you all. I appreciate you all. James, if you would like some handwritten hope, just send me your address and I will send you some handwritten hope. Uh, Sorry. She does. I don't know why she might. I don't know the number of the house. We'll send you some handwritten hope. Courtesy of the We Need to Talk Club. You don't just send it on the damn street. There's a bad house up that street. Courtesy of the We Need to Talk Club. And I love you all and always be heard. That is our thing. Always be heard. This is the first in our series of censorship. We may bring it back up in a month, maybe five months. Who knows? But this topic is going on forever. <laughs> all right. Good day to you all. Good day. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night.